Today's episode is sponsored by Tremont Tavern. Tremont Tavern is at the corner of Hickson Pike and Tremont Street. It is a local favorite neighborhood bar. Most people think it's the number one burger in town. Along with open mic on Tuesday, they have trivia on Monday, free pint night on Wednesday, burger night on Thursday, and live music on the weekends. There is a reason everyone loves Tremont Tavern. You are listening to Open Mic Spotlight with Heather Lee Holt. Open Mic Spotlight is a weekly podcast featuring intimate conversations and performances with musicians and artists from Chattanooga and the surrounding areas. Take a closer look at all the wonderful talent and culture the Chattanooga music scene has to offer. Welcome to another episode of Open Mic Spotlight. I am your host, Heather Lee Holt, and today we have BJ Hightower with us. Hello. Hey, how's it going? Good, how are you? Good, good. I must say that you are quite the elusive creature to get a hold of, sir, (laughs) but I'm so excited to have you on here today. Well, it's good to be here. So if you don't know BJ, he is a member of the very known Strung Like a Horse, Mm -hmm. and he does other things too. You want to talk about him? Well, you know, I've been in Struggling Like a Horse for, what, five or six years now, I suppose? I was part of the open mic scene pretty heavily before that, but uh, I've been on the road 150 dates a year. Yeah, Struggling Like a Horse plays a lot. Yeah. You guys are killing it. Thanks. You want to talk about what you do for Struggling Like a Horse? (laughs) So I play upright bass for Struggling Like a Horse, and I'm a general wild, crazy, bearded, top-hatted fella on stage, generally in overalls. And uh, with big eyes, and that's kind of like my stage persona thing <laughs> that I do. It gives me an outlet to be the weirdo that I am. That's one thing I really love about it. I sing a lot of harmonies, write some of the songs. That's a big performance thing for me. I love performing in front of people and mm-hmm. making a big, uh, a big <laughs> splash, if you will. Everybody loves it. I actually can't imagine Strong Like a Horse without your person up there. <laughs> like, would not be the same. But you have your own music, too. I do. I guess I've been writing songs since I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. I picked up guitar at 15 and a half. Got my first guitar when I was 16. You're from Chattanooga? No, no, I grew up in southern Missouri in Ozark Mountains. Oh. I'm actually a purebred hillbilly. Oh. Fourth generation purebred hillbilly. <laughs> so I come by the beard and the overalls honest, although my mom hates it. Oh, does she? Oh, yeah. I cut my hair once, shaved my beard down to a goatee, and I went home, and my grandma cried. She's like, oh. I can see your face. There's my boy. (laughs) (laughs) You're like, don't get used to it. (laughs) Well, you know, they don't understand. I come from a gospel upbringing, so they're they're all black and white and clean cut and teetotal and Pentecostals. So, and that's a really cool thing to have come from. You know, I've learned so much about music from a gospel background. That's where music came from. where it started. I was performing music since I could sing uh, three times a week, you know? Mm-hmm. So you're going to do a gospel song for us right now. Just kidding. <laughs> I mean, I can. <laughs> I want you to do one of your songs first. Okay. So I, th- I guess things like this are good for backstory, right? Mm-hmm. Totally. So some of my most uh, pregnant years of, of writing songs was here in Chattanooga. I had just gotten out of a, an engagement with a young lady, and uh, it nearly killed me. I spent a few months trying to get my wits about me again. Matt Bohannon, I was living with at the time, he said, you know what, I think you're about to puke out a bunch of songs here just in a minute. And he was right. So this is one of those songs. Uh, I wrote this song walking across the Veterans Bridge heading toward JJ's Bohemia one day and performed it when I got there. It's called Emotional Birthday Suit and and, uh, folks like it, I think. This is about being really optimistic about putting together a broken relationship, which that didn't happen, thank God. But I think it's something that everybody can relate to. I saw you yesterday You looked okay For the first time in a while I smiled and looked your way You 
were afraid I guess it's gonna take a while You know it makes no sense to me Why we can't agree To take these broken hearts And put them back together Morning sun will rise Shine deep in your eyes So you finally see I took off my disguise And found a genuine guy In his emotional birthday suit What you've needed all along There's nothing left to hide Your heart can't be your guide Through all the awkward times Won't you show me yours I'll show you mine The morning sun will rise And blow the lids off your eyes So you can't deny I, I That I'm completely new I'm an alright dude In my emotional birthday suit Yes, I'm completely new I'm an all right dude in my emotional birthday. In my emotional birthday. In my emotional birthday suit. That's so good. <laughs> that song's about getting over your emotional constipation. <laughs> so you wrote it walking across the bridge, like just in your head. You not you weren't like playing. You weren't writing anything down. Oh yeah, I was writing it down. I, oh, you were. I, at the time, uh, I had a I had a notebook that I kept crammed in the back of my pants. Oh. I have black stains on T-shirts to this day from the edge from the edge of that notebook. That's amazing. I have it. Sometimes I go back and look at it, and it's it's kind of hard to look at now, but uh, it's there. Uh, Why is it hard to look at? Just from the memories of you uh, having. Yeah, I mean, if you've ever been through a depression slash psychosis cycle like that. Going back to, to live those feelings again is, is not easy, mm-hmm. but it surely did change the, the person that I was, and mm-hmm. ultimately, I think it's what made me a musician. Before then, I was always skilled at playing music, but I, I never made the full, deep connection with the songs that I was singing in the way that I did after that. I remember being down at the Market Street Bridge and playing uh, Lonesome Blues. I got a feeling called the blues, oh Lord, since my baby said goodbye. And I played that for the first time, and then I actually felt it. I was like, oh, what's this? <laughs> now I get it. I get it. I thank you, Hank Williams. Yeah. <laughs> One of the things that really helped me write songs is that I would go and walk with my guitar. When you put your body into a rhythm with your instrument, eventually something's going to come out of it. Like, mm-hmm. once you find yourself in that walking rhythm, you start to augment that rhythm with your instrument, and then all of a sudden, a line comes out. And then you're like, oh, I like that line. Let mm-hmm. me add a line to that, you know? And then mm-hmm. you go over it a few times in your head, and all of a sudden, you've got a verse. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was, I, I could be seen about, ta- about town at that point, just anywhere, just walking down the streets with my guitar, w- wandering. I was a bit of a, a troubadour of a way. <laughs> yeah, like a real modern-day troubadour. <laughs> that's it's a lot to aspire to, I suppose, for the the heroes of old. But uh, it was therapy for me, so yeah. that's, that's the reason I did it. How did you get to Chattanooga? Like I said, I was very religious, uh, young fella. Things change a little bit in perspective over the years. But I had uh, intended to go to Rolla and do the Rolla School of Mines after college and go for an engineering degree. And uh, instead, I chose to go to the Church of God School. And so I went to Lee University and graduated in 2003 with a communications degree and worked in radio and TV a little bit. 
that was the closest thing to recording live music, which is what I wanted to do at the time. Mm-hmm. You got a degree in communications, and you worked in radio and TV, but the music took over, and you do that full-time now, right? Well, see, now, since I was 15, I always had a, a dream of, of building guitars. Uh-huh. And so my very first real honest job was building guitars. For who? For Warrior Instruments in Rossville. Okay. And I was working in, in TV. I was working at Fox 61. And then I left there to go work at, at another guitar shop up in Wartrace, Tennessee. I used to drive 90 miles to work every day. Mm-hmm. But I thought of it as an education opportunity where they paid me to learn, you know, mm-hmm. so that, that worked out. And then I had my own shop for just a minute in a number of factors, mostly my own personal fault. It, it just never, it never materialized. And a few years later, started making music. Yeah. In Chattanooga. You have a lot of experiences with a lot of different things. How about a cover? You know, you asked me a question before I got here. You sent me some questions, and, and you were like, you know, what are the role of covers in your, in your live performances? Mm-hmm. And I know that Strung Like a Horse, when we started up, we were pretty anti-cover, mm-hmm. except for the obscure covers, which no one knew, mm-hmm. because we didn't, like, we wanted to play the music that we wanted to play, and we wanted to make it on our own merit, and... In the real world out there on the road, it's not exactly possible. You can do it in really narrow segments, but if you want to be a, have a broad appeal, you have to be able to hit somebody where they are and bring them, bring them, bring them over to your side. And, and so I'm known to do girl songs. Just I took, I took a fancy to doing girl songs. So I've always been fascinated by the, by the difference in perspective when you change it from a, male spe- a female speaker to a male speaker. Uh, what happens to the song? Well, sometimes the song is so strong and universal in its lyrics that you only identify it as a female song because a female sang it that you remember. And other times, changing the gender roles makes the backstory of the song completely different. So everything I sing has somewhat of a country twang to it. I can't get rid of that. That's, 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 that's bred into me somewhere. This is a Cindy Lauper song, and I took this song and I sped it up I countrified it a bit, I guess, just because I can't help it. And uh, it sounds a little bit like this. Lying in my bed, I hear the clock tick and think of you. Oh, if you fall, I will 
That's one of those songs that it could be sung from either either perspective, but everyone loves that song. I think they do too. <laughs> and like everyone watching you sing that, I can just imagine the hundreds of smiles in people's faces. Because <laughs> I was smiling. I've been smiling the whole time, though. Your voice is insanely good. Oh, thank you. So let's talk about your musical influences. When I was younger, I think I sang a lot of Garth Brooks. I could sing along with everything Garth Brooks did. So I got a printed that country sound in there and a lot of bluegrass stuff um, early on. I stopped trying to sound like anybody else at a point. I was a decent mimic, but I knew that I could probably mimic a lot of things and I just wanted to sound like me. So mm -hmm. I love John Hartford. He's my, my musical hero. My mom heard a recording of John Hartford one time. She's like, he sounds like you. <laughs> I was like, well, technically, Mom, I think I sound like him, but <laughs> but he always had a, a, a rambling style about the way that he did things, but he wrote the, the country song Gentle on My Mind back in 63, I think is when he wrote it. Mm -hmm. He made so much money, he never had to play anything that he didn't want to ever again in his entire life. What a guy. What a guy. It's like every musician's dream, you know? <laughs> So, if you're gonna get in the car and go on a road trip and pick a playlist, what kind of stuff would be on it? Oh, let's see. I would probably listen to some Blues Traveler. I've worn out Blues Traveler 4 all the way through four times now. <laughs> Love that album. I would probably choose Drive-By Truckers, Jason Isbell. I like weird stuff too. I like songs that are uh, uh, live versions of things, like the VH1 Storytellers lists of, of, of different things like Jewel does an amazing version of Who Will Save Your Soul, and she's such an amazing performer. Let's hear another song. Are we back to Originalville here? Anything you want. So, uh, kind of going back to the history of my songwriting. So I wrote this song, I guess I was probably a junior or a senior in high school. It's like the, the first song that I ever wrote that I felt like was worth anything. And I didn't know anything about writing songs, I just put it together and it sounded good to me at that time. And it's called the shoes that will the, the the shoes that dance in your mind. So this song is about a girl named Joni Yardley, who I had a crush on since the fifth grade. Everybody thinks I'm such a wild, crazy, out there guy, but I'm such a soft-hearted dude. So I had this crush on this girl, and and she ended up marrying this. The, the bully that used to kick my shins with his cowboy boots in middle school. What a bully! <laughs> <clears throat> and they got married, and I wrote this song the day that she got married, so. Wait, wait, wait. You wrote it in high school? Mm-hmm. She was older than you. No, she was in my grade. Okay. She got married in high school. Mm-hmm. Okay, now that we got that straight. <laughs> It's called The Shoes That Dance In Your Mind. For seven years now I've been yours But I've never let it show I held it all inside my soul I think it's time you should know All these years I dreamed of you But I never was the kind To fill the shoes that dance in your mind You always tried to find a love That came right from 
hero who was there for you, but in your search you overlooked one who would have loved you most. So I never even tried to fill the shoes that dance in your mind. My chance is past, but that's okay. I've got a good love of my own, and I wish for you the best of luck in love. But you should know, I'll always wonder how things might have been if fate were on my side, if I'd fill shoes the dance in your In your mind. Never would have pictured you singing a song like that. <laughs> it was so beautiful. Well, thank you. And so bizarre. <laughs> <laughs> the whole time I was just thinking about this girl getting married in high school. What that must be like. <laughs> the future was not kind <laughs> to that marriage, but. <laughs> well, as to any who, who start that young, I would generally think. no. Yeah. <laughs> Have you done anything with like your solo music? Well, there was a time when uh, when I was uh, aspiring to record an EP, and I had I had everything kind of lined up. I had different producers for songs and studio time, and musicians come in and back, but. Um, I ran out of time and money, and it was hard to find musicians to keep their schedules, and and uh, so eventually it got it got put to the wayside. Butch Ross is still got most of the recordings that I did with him, so I think we eventually one day may complete it. But the band thing came along. I actually was in two bands. I I joined a, a bluegrass band called Moonslough, and we were we had some good local success, and then they kind of folded up because they didn't want to take the next step. And Strung Like a Horse came along, and Initially, I wanted to do it, but then, then I backed out because my heart just really wasn't in it. And uh, I saw Clay one day at Tremont Tavern, and I, he, I said, you ever find a bass player? He's like, no, unless you want to do it. I was like, all right, fine, I'll do it. <laughs> That's how that came along. <laughs> if people wanted to listen to you and find, like, your stuff, your mm -hmm. solo stuff, could they do it? Do you have, like, a band camp? Or? There's definitely some YouTube videos out there of me that some of the stuff that Mark Herndon and Chattanooga Live, Chattanooga Live Music, music mm -hmm. yeah, he's he's definitely taken several recordings of me and put them out there. So the the most recent solo stuff that I've done out is, has he's generally recorded most, recorded most of it. He's got it out there the to be Tremont found. The Tremont Night, the birthday celebration. Yeah, the, and, and, and some Barking Leg stuff. Uh -huh. So there's some stuff out there you can find, some old, some old stuff from... Uh, from Rhythm and Brews, a part of that Warren Zevon tribute. Enjoy every sandwich with that was pretty awesome. I love that a lot. So there's some stuff out there you can find. Probably some stuff I don't want you to find too, but it's all <laughs> out there. It's how the world works these days. So you started playing guitar when you were 15. Was your family involved in music too? Well, my Besides mom has played guitar since she's 12. Wow. So, and so that means she's been playing guitar for almost 50 years now. Oh, she still plays. Oh yeah, she still plays. But yeah. She she kind of left me to my own devices to learn it on my own though. She oh, she, she didn't help you a little. And once I got I got it to where I could play a little, she would play with me and like we would play venture songs or something. Give you pointers here and there. A little here but and there. But that's what a real teacher does. A real teacher guides you a little mm -hmm. and lets you figure it out yourself. Kind of sounds like it's in your blood. Yeah, my like grandfather played bass and I always wanted to play bass and I tried to play bass and didn't understand it. So then I went back and learned guitar. As soon as I learned guitar, I was like, oh, the bass makes sense now. Mm-hmm. So interested to see here what cover you pick next. All right, so I'm gonna stick with the girl song thing for this next cover. Mm -hmm. 
I've got a girl crush I hate to admit it but I've got a rush It ain't slowing down I got it real bad Want everything she has Smiling at midnight laugh She's giving you now I want to taste her lips Yeah, cause she tastes like you I want to drown myself In a bottle of her perfume I want her long, long hair I want her magic touch Baby, cause maybe then You'll want me just as much I got a girl I don't get no sleep I don't get no peace Thinking about her Under your bed sheets The way that she's whispering The way that she's pulling you in Lord knows I try can't get her off my mind I want to taste her lips Yeah, cause they taste like you I want to drown myself In a bottle of her perfume I want her long, blonde hair I want her Baby, cause baby then You'll want me just as much I've got a girl crush Ooh, I've got a girl crush I've got a girl Hate to admit it, but I got a rush. It ain't slowing down. Today's episode is sponsored by Tremont Tavern. Tremont Tavern is at the corner of Hickson Pike and Tremont Street. It is a local favorite neighborhood bar. Most people think it's the number one burger in town. Along with Open Mic on Tuesday, they have Trivia on Monday, Free Pint Night on Wednesday, Burger Night on Thursday, and live music on the weekends. There is a reason everyone loves Tremont Tavern. You would say that you started off your musical career in the Open Mic scene as well? I would. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you have some interesting open mic stories? I've got a lot of stories. So, like, the open mic that I originally went to in town was the JJ's open mic that was either hosted by Matt Bohannon or Mark Holder. It's nice playing JJ's open mic because the JJ's crowd loves you pretty much always. Uh And then I started playing Tremont's open mic because I started working at Tremont. I worked there for seven years. Mm -hmm. And I started playing there, and that's a hard room. Holy cow. Not just physically it was difficult over there in the corner, but wow, you know, you had have something going on or you weren't gonna get you weren't gonna get any attention in that room. You weren't even gonna get heard. No, no. Especially before the new sound system. Mm-hmm. But I think that's actually been good for me and a lot of the other musicians that that came through there because, you know, what happens when you go away from Chattanooga is you play that room every night. Yeah. <laughs> and so you have to have built up within yourself the ability to know that you did it right and you know that you're going to have to reach a few at a time one or two or three and then those two or three will bring like-minded people with them and then all of a sudden folks are there to hear you but learning that that's been an incredible tool it's having so having such a, a tough room to play 
I think it goes with along with what Butch was saying about how there's so many different kinds of people that go to Tremont. Oh, sure. All kinds of people. I mean, you know, half the people there want to see some sports ball, you know, and then yeah. half the people there are really interested in their own conversations. And then yes. some people there are listening to music. And, well, if you can capture that room, you've done something. Mm-hmm. So I know you have some stories. Because if you're working at Tremont for seven years, you hear it in the back, whether you want to or not. <laughs> sure enough. <laughs> well, one night, Travis Kilgore came up to me. He was like, Bojaka, you seem like you be, might be a person who knows this song. And I said... All right, what song is it? He said, do you know the Proclaimers' Sunshine on Leith? And I was just like, you know, actually, yeah. <laughs> actually, I do know that song. <laughs> and so I came up and sang that one, and he used to always sing the harmonies with me whenever I'd sing. So you, like, came out of the kitchen? Yeah, yeah, I came out of the kitchen to sing on that. I, more than once I'd come out to, to, of the kitchen, somebody would holler at me to have, have, have me set, set in on something that they were doing. That's what was so great about it, because you had so, you know, the folks in the backs were, were always listening. They were like, oh, who's going to be there tonight? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, this, this one's one good. Before. This one's good. And they would go over to the side corner and listen. And <laughs> They probably know more about the, the, the music scene than I do at this point. So let's hear another one, shall we? So this is a song that Clay and Rizelle and I wrote. I wrote the lyrics, and I wrote a chorus, and, and Clay has, has those lyrics, and he's has a different chorus and different chords for it. So... Like we'll have two versions of, of this material, but, but this one was mine, and it's a sad, depressing number. Uh, uh, this, one, this one's called Tennessee Reaper, and it's fairly new, and I hope I get it right. I was never gonna marry you I told you that I never would I'm gonna travel and drink till I die And I thought that you understood But mamas and babies and counting down years Somehow they make you forget I bet my bottle and this old guitar That you rue the day we ever met Cause seasons change And wildfires burn Things that once were can never be again And I guess that's the lesson I've learned But I love you more than death but the Tennessee Reaper came and took my soul And I guess he's the only thing I've got left The Tennessee Reaper came and took my soul And I guess he's all I've got left well, I miss your mama and I miss your face I miss that youngin' the worst I kneel at the altar of Thunderbird wine And I pray that he don't get my thirst But I ain't coming back And I ain't coming home And I might never see you again You won't believe me But I miss you too And some nights I can still feel your skin Seasons change Wildfires burn and Things that once were could never be again And I guess that's the lesson I've learned Cause I love you More than death but the Tennessee Reaper came and took my soul Now I guess he's the only thing I've got left The Tennessee Reaper came and took my soul Now I guess he's all I've got left I wrote you letters and I wrote this song And I hope that they both find you well 
I had to leave Cause I couldn't let myself drag you down into my hell Cause I loved you more than death But the Tennessee Reaper came and took my soul And I guess he's the only thing I've got left Tennessee Reaper came and took my soul Now I guess he's the only thing I've got left Tennessee Reaper came and took my soul Now I guess he's all I've got left That was great. I mean, I guess it was kind of sad and depressing, but it, you still did it in like a really enjoyable to listen to kind of way. Well, I don't know. I, I guess bluegrass music does that all the time. Yeah. They have like sad, depressing things, and it all sounds so upbeat somehow. Uh-huh. The shins, they're really good at that. <laughs> yes, they are. <laughs> <laughs> you wrote that song with Clay. Well, he sent me the framework of it, which I changed to suit myself, but like I was at work one day, and he sent that to me as like a little thing, and I barely played it on my phone. Kind of listened to it and kind of got the, got the chord changes in my head just the way I kind of wanted them. And then, sure enough, these lyrics started coming out, and I was like, oh, okay. All right, I like that. So I stopped and typed it all into my phone, sent it back to him, and he was like, thumbs up, thumbs up, thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> That's so great. I feel like you guys are probably more like brothers and friends at this point after being in a band together for so long. Um, strangely, me and him are at one way completely different and at the same time are completely alike. It's tough for us to get along on some fronts and other fronts we do just fine. And mm -hmm. But we've been able to make it work these years, you know? Because you're both so strong-willed strong, strong and minded. Yeah. He's the A-type personality of the group for sure. You mm -hmm. know, he's, he's the farthest out front fella. That's where he belongs. It's, that's, that's what keeps him going. So, mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, he does a fine job with it. I agree. So do you do woodworking stuff? Not right now. Yeah. I don't have a, a shopping tools right now. I, I would like to. I'd like to eventually transcend this income bracket so that I could set myself up with a place to piddle. Mm -hmm. you know? <laughs> so, so what else do you do? Right now I'm just cooking some food for uh, the feed company and... And we're recording right now. We built ourselves a studio in Rossville, and we're down there tracking this new album, and we're going to do a bunch of songs. So we're going to do like 30 songs. And then we're going to have somebody who doesn't know us listen to them, and like we're going to pick 10 that way. Oh, that's awesome. And we've got probably 20 already mapped out to do. I guess it helps when you're both helping with the songwriting, too. It does. And you know what? We've had some songwriting sessions, like just having everybody together. That's one thing we wanted to do with this new record is to get more input from everybody and make maybe the whole better than the sum of the parts. Yeah. And it's been mixed bag like sometimes one uh, a person's idea goes goes straight down there and everybody backs it up sometimes you just sit you're sitting at odds with each other so mm -hmm. ultimately the one who has the idea the most finished is the one who's going to get the <laughs> going to get the direction on the yeah. song but yeah my schedule is pretty full i work four days a week usually tour three days a week and then then i have mondays and wednesday nights to myself uh, if i'm lucky yeah <laughs> i'm excited about the new album <laughs> Let's hear another song. Let's do a cover. A cover, all right. I don't know who originally was credited with this song, but the Reverend Gary Davis did it. And I'm sure that Lon Eldridge could play it better than I do, but he knows more verses too, but like a lot of these old blues songs, there's a thousand verses to them. Nickel is a nickel, a dime is a dime. I want a new gal, I don't want mine. Tell me how long. Ooh, must I wait? Can I get you, honey? Or baby, must I hesitate? Well, the eagle 
on the dollar Says in God we trust You say you want a man Want to see that eagle first So tell me how long Baby do I have to wait Can I get you now honey Or baby must I hesitate All the rocks in the ocean Fish in the sea You know you mean the whole world to me Tell me how long Baby, do I have to wait? Can I get you now, honey? Or baby, must I hesitate? Got them hesitation stockings, got them hesitation shoes, got a whole ship of hesitation blues. Oh, tell me how long you gonna make me wait? Can I get you, honey, or baby, must I hesitate? I would call you one of the more experienced musicians in this town because you are traveling and you do it full time and advice for people listening who want to get into music or who are already in music. Well, first thing I would say is be prepared to be poor because that's going to be a thing. Also, if you're going to start a thing, it's really helpful to have some kind of financial backing at the beginning because there's going to come a point where you're going to need somebody to help you out to make a change you're going to get to the point where somebody's going to have to invest a little bit of money in to making sure that a gets to b to gets to c what, what do you mean so really you're going to go about playing shows and then dividing up the money and you know if you have other musicians that are with you and you know you need to have some whatever money or some kind of backup there for you because there's going to be an opportunity that's going to come along that you're not going to be able to afford to do. And when that opportunity knocks, if it, whether it be a tour that doesn't pay much, but it gets you exposure, that takes you around, somebody picks you up, wants to, wants to travel with you, like if you don't have yourself backed up there, you're going to be in trouble. That and everything is much more expensive than you think it is. <laughs> and uh, that's beyond things that you know to do, practice you know, you know, be honest about what your talent is, know your strengths and weaknesses, be professional when you show up, look professional, be professional when you show up to do your thing, and people will take you seriously, and they, they you know, you're, you're going to have less trouble with not getting paid for things, which it's absolutely essential that you do that if you're going to do something outside of your, outside of your town. It's just like you have to have that set up 
because nobody can afford to just do it. Like you're going to need the income from what you do after a fa- after a point, or else you're not going to be able to get along. Uh, you'll 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 give up. Yeah. So you're going to need enough to grease the wheels. Maybe not enough to pay for everything, but enough to grease the wheels. Well, we must hear one more song. <laughs> one more song. At All least. right. <clears throat> She's a deadly dichotomy It's to you and one of me What's your name, Gypsy Jane? She's a lightning bolt In the middle of a winter freeze Yes, she's a Newport babe But she's older than the trees Oh, what's your name? Gypsy Jane How many people have you played? My little friend will never be the same What's your name, Gypsy Jane? What's up, what's I say? What's up, my brothers, eyes I wire? What, my boys, oh, my boys, oh, that's all my brothers, I wire, that's I Got healing hands and a kinky mind. She gives me vision, she makes me blind. What's your name, Gypsy Jane? She's got tungsten eyes and a liquid heart. Yes, she's a piece of work. She's a work of art. Oh, what's your name? Gypsy Jane How many lives have you saved? My little world will never be the same What's your name, Gypsy Jane? No, what's your name, Gypsy Jane? How many people have you saved? My little world will never be the same What's your name, Gypsy Jane? No, what's your name? Gypsy Jane, oh, what's your name? Gypsy Jane. <laughs> That's my rabbit hole. My rabbit hole are my bourbon and cigarettes, if you know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> you talking about Ryan Oyer? Ryan Oyer and Jordan Hawkins. Yeah. That's my signature song, I suppose. <laughs> I also wrote that one while I was at Tremont Tavern. I've played it first at Tremont Tavern. I'm going to play a cover. It's probably my favorite cover of all time to play. And it's Bob Dylan's song. Although I never heard him perform it when, uh, when I learned it. And the stars appear There is no one to dry your tears I could hold you for a million years To make you feel my love I know you haven't made your mind up yet But I would never do you wrong Known it from the moment that we met There's no doubt I know right where you belong I 
I'd go hungry, I'd go black and blue I'd go crawling down the avenue There ain't nothing that I would undo To make you feel my love Storms are raging on a rolling sea Down the highway of regret Winds of change are blowing wild and free You ain't seen nothing like me yet To make you happy, make your dreams come true Girl, there ain't nothing that I would undo Go to the ends of earth for you to make you feel my love I'm glad you did that one that's so good <laughs> that's so pretty I think that's the most beautiful love song ever written <laughs> it is it kind of made me want to cry thank you so much thank you Heather <laughs> <laughs> 